The following program contains language and subject matter that you may consider unsuitable for children. Parental discretion is advised. Let me down. believe in him verbal Keaton always said I don't believe in God but I'm afraid of him well I believe in God and the only thing that scares me is but I'm afraid of him well I believe in God and the only thing that scares me is but I'm afraid of him but I'm afraid of him you people understand the psychology of dealing with a highway traffic to uh, another episode inside my head here coming to you live from down in miami it's your boy the jackal now tonight we have actually a guest uh, who's in the chat room now davini uh you know it's both actually my honor and a pleasure to have uh, this this gentleman on the show i appreciate him you know him spending some time with us and uh, talking about uh, his life experiences ufology and whatever else we might get into tonight uh first i wanted to uh, recap my show my very first episode ever in the psychic realm yesterday i did an episode over on a different channel that I'm going to link you guys later in the chat room uh, if you guys want to check it out. Uh, it's actually, it was pretty interesting. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll ask Davina a little bit about that, uh, about his thoughts about that right, when he gets on the show. I mean, it was my very first attempt ever to do something like this. I have never, uh, you know, done any kind of psychic shows or anything like that, but I always have thought of, I've, you know, had some kind of ability, and, and I've, I'm really open to reading people, and it's really easy. It comes real easy to me, and it's pretty cool, actually. I think I... Uh, did pretty good actually last night. I was listening to the show again tonight, and I nailed some of them pretty good. I mean, uh, I even caught somebody's name, Steve, and they had an altercation or a fight with somebody named Mike. I mean, I, that, that was pretty good. You know, I originally set set up the the whole thing to look kind of like a joke, 
uh, nothing serious, you know, until, you know, the time of the show itself, so they could see that I was actually being serious. The whole joke was to get them to go there and then they'll see it as a serious show, which is kind of like what I really wanted to do last night. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I thought, I thought it did pretty good. I thought it kicked some pretty good ass on there last night. Uh, it surprised me, at least. Uh, so I was, that's cool. I mean, I don't know if you guys heard it yet, but if you haven't, uh, I'm going to post up the link shortly here on the chat room so you guys can check it out. Uh, and please, any feedback that you that you have, by all means, uh, you know, send it my way. I mean, like I said, I took last night serious uh, because, honestly, I've always uh, been intuitive and to some degree, and I personally think that uh, I did pretty good. So uh, for my psychic show, I think I did pretty good. And, again, any feedback would be great. Uh, I've actually since renamed the show to the Cuban Psychic Show since – my whole Cuban background has come up recently, uh, the last week and a half. So now it's actually the Cuban Psychic Show. That might change, might not, I don't know. Anyone who uh, wants to comment on that, uh, by all means, feel free to give me a call now if you want to call and, uh, and talk to me about it before we get Devinny on the line. Uh, tonight, like I said, I, I won't be doing any readings or anything like that, so don't call asking me to give you a reading. I'm saving that for future episodes uh, of the Jackal over on the – on the other channel, which is actually the Cuban Psychic Show. And yeah, I'm going to post the link up to you guys really quickly. It's, uh, no, that's not it. Hold on. Yeah, that's a fail. See, I, damn it, I just failed. Where the heck is the link? Well, anyways, blocktalkradio.com forward slash Cuban Psychic Show. That's the exact link. So if you guys, uh, want to check that out and have a good laugh or maybe uh, get a little freaked out at some of the stuff that I was nailing, because uh, I did get it pretty good, and some of you guys who heard it probably thought that I was joking around, but no, that was serious. Here, I'm going to uh, post it right now. Psychic Show. That's the link right there. I want to thank everybody who's in the chat room. Wow, i got a, a couple people in there, some newbies, some guests. Uh, Dennis Crenshaw, who's uh, in the chat room, thank you for coming out. Devaney, thank you for showing up. Appreciate that. Janet, thank you. Metro, Rev One Will, thank you. Uh, my boy, Cyanide, thank you for showing up. Appreciate it, brother. He's a trooper, that cyanide. He is uh, probably one of the best friends that you could have in the, in the whole block talk ufology uh, thing. Good guy. If you guys don't know who cyanide is, check out strangevisitors.net. He's, uh, he's there a lot, so you'll be, be able to meet him. He's a good guy. Now, usually, uh, you know, when I... When I do this show, I don't know if you guys have heard to past episodes, but usually I take a little break before I bring my guest on the show. Uh, you know, and ever since I started doing the show, I always like to play different kind of music. I don't like playing the same stuff that you hear in ufology shows. Uh, like the Art Bell show always plays, you know, that slow, old rock music and stuff. I mean, I, lo- I like that music, and I do play it once in a while, but I like being a little bit different with my music. You know, it's, this is my taste, and I like to, I don't know, just to, if anybody has any suggestions of stuff they want to hear, drop me an email on newlogicjackal at gmail.com. Let me see. Let me go ahead and play this track. I actually really, really like this track.
Obi is the name of the artist. Now, the reason I play music on my shows, I am a musician also, and I like to, you know, kind of give a little bit of help to un- unsigned or un- independent artists. Uh, so I-, I play a lot of independent music on my show, and you guys keep listening. You'll be hearing more, you know, independent artists more than anything else. I don't really like playing, you know, guys who already are making millions of dollars. But I uh, just wanted to uh, let everybody know who hasn't uh, heard of this gentleman before. His name is Davini. This is uh, going to be an hour and 40 minutes of pure ufology, pure paranormal, pure anything that he wants to talk about. I'm opening the show for him to really speak. Uh, this guy definitely knows his stuff. Uh, now, without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and uh, have him beamed up. For yes, sir. Air. Immediately, sir. Davini, you there? Yeah, hey, Jackal. How you doing, brother? How you doing, my friend? How's it going? Hey, man. Uh, I'm doing uh, good, man. I'm doing good. It's a pleasure to have you on my show. It's an honor to have you on the show, and I really appreciate you uh, spending some time here with us, man. It's a, it's a massive honor on, on my part, believe me. Oh, no, 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 man. The honor's all mine. All, you know, <laughs> titles and information and knowledge set aside, you know, we're we're all flesh and blood, man. We're all brothers and sisters here on this planet. Uh, definitely. <laughs> How'd you like the little uh, beam me up uh, sound effect there? For my I like that. I was going to joke around and say, yeah, you know, at least my head wasn't on backwards, but yeah. But, uh, <laughs> that was so great. you know where it's from. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm a Star Trek fan. Uh-huh. Yeah, they did a parody to it in that Spaceballs movie where the yep. the guy gets beamed up and like he, his head's on backwards and he's freaking out. But, uh, that's yeah. awesome. You're one of the few people that actually picked up where I got that clip from, but that's awesome, man. That's oh, the, really? This yeah. Is, this is a man with a sense of humor right here. <laughs> <laughs> now, Davini, for, you know, for our listeners here on the chat room and whoever might hear the show in archive or whoever's listening, uh, you know, who might not be aware exactly of who you are, uh, you know, and what your mission is in life. Now, I've, I've checked out your website, and I know already a little bit about your background, but can you give a little small recap, more or less, of, you know, yourself and your background and, you know, uh, exactly what got you into ufology and to what you're doing now, for example? Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, my back, I'll go off my background first. Um, my name is oh. Davini, and it's just D-I-V-I-N-I. Um, I've been involved in paranormal investigations, uh, first off starting with uh, ghost hauntings and uh, shadow men accounts and working with other groups since uh, about, I want to say, 1998. Um, I got into ufology later on. Um, I've basically been... Um, searching for answers because I've had my own paranormal experiences. Uh, my family's had some things too, um, and it, it does go back in my genealogy. Uh, and my my main goal, and, and I guess if you want to state, you know, if you were to say, does Davini have a mission? Um, my mission would be to get out information um, and evidence, if there's any evidence to be found of anything paranormal, especially with ufology, because there's a lot of people out there with answers. They're not getting it. Uh, and through my journey, um, I've gotten involved in some secret uh, societies as a full-fledged member, um, mm, yeah. such as the such as the Masons, uh, which a lot of you know a lot of people do hype that up. Um, there are a lot of people that like to say the Masons do this and that and this. Um, in my town uh, and in my city, the Masons definitely run the city from a political point of view, um, but. It's not it's not as, uh, as as bad as a lot of conspiracy theorists would like to say. Now you know. Now with that said, uh, I'm sure that there you know there's always groups of people and there's always 
um, the types of people in any secret society that could be naughty and do bad stuff and abuse their membership and groups. Um, and uh, so I understand that. But uh, from my point of view, the Masons didn't really have anything that uh, could be contributed to the paranormal field or ufology. In other words, they right. didn't have anything that I could say, hey, look, this is what they got. Um, well, let me ask you a question. How, how far up, up in the masonry did you uh, get? Because I saw you were a third-degree mason, wasn't well, I, I publicly admitted to being a third-degree uh, Master Mason, and, and I, I kind of left it out there, um, and there's reasons for that. Um, I, I don't want to piss anybody off. Um, yeah, I've but. made really good – well, no, I've made really good friends in the Masons, but I left them in 2002. I left them over right. some personal issues, uh, and, and uh, they were just personal issues. Um, I can talk about it briefly, but I don't want to talk about my rank. What happened is, uh, in my area, there's a thing called Masonic Charges. And when you join the Masons, you agree that everybody's your brother. You agree not to step on anybody's foot, and you agree that if, uh, more or less, if you're going to step on someone's foot, or if it could be perceived that way, you have to deal with that brother in the lodge and get their permission, their forgiveness, and so on and so on. Um, but if anything escalates, like family feuds, uh, someone doing something really dirty to another member or another member's family, um, then they have what they call Masonic charges. And I brought some Masonic charges up on about three people in my city because they were, ped they were peddling some serious drugs. Uh, now, this, this, is not, this is not a common thing. Now, I, I know that there's a lot of conspiracy people out there that say the Masons peddle drugs, but uh, in this particular incident, um, in this situation, there were three very high up Masons um, who would even travel around and go to the other lodges, uh, as most Masons do do. And they knew people, and they were able to bring in drugs to the point where the police uh, would turn an eye, uh, because they do control the police to, to a very big point. I don't like to say to a point, but they do have their leverage for sure. So I brought up Masonic charges on um, these three people. And with Masonic charges, you agree that Masonic law and Masonic um, judgment overthrows and, and steps over any American legal ju uh, justice system. What that and that is that is real. Um, back in the old days, you'd hear about people messing up and them assassinating or something like that. Uh, you'd also right. hear about how the Masons can uh, get you fired from your job, uh, ruin your name. Things like that. Now, I wasn't going for, you know, I wasn't going out, you know, to burn the witch and, and you know, and more or less hang them and stuff. I just wanted them out of the Masons, and it came to that. They got kicked out of the Masons. Uh, one of them did get fired. Some of it went public, but some of it did not. Um, and, again, that's with the power of the Masons. They didn't want to ruin their name, and I, I do understand that. So I left later on, around 2002, because I had made some enemies. Um, there were friends of these people that either didn't believe what they were doing and the charges against them, or they supported them. But then again, there are also a lot of people that were in the Masons that applauded me, um, and I do get respect. So, you know, I do walk a fine line on talking about the Masons publicly. Um, I, you know, I try not to bash them, uh, I, and it's not out of fear. It really isn't, because honestly, if they were all bad, and if they had some kind of rule and mandate to do bad things... I would expose them, but uh, you know th these are people that I live with, people in the community, and sometimes emotional feelings get hurt. 
So, uh, but yeah, I was involved in the Masons. Um, I was, I was a third degree master Mason. Uh, I will say I was higher ranks than that, and in some other things involved with the Masons. But you know, publicly, I don't want to get into it. But um, uh, I left him in about I can, I can 2002. Imagine. Yeah, I can and, imagine. Don't, and, say, don't don't say anything that you know would get you, you know, that hurt you in any way. So, yeah. I well, I'm not worried that. about. Yeah, and and I have discussed this before um, publicly, and and I don't want anybody thinking that, you know, the Masons are going to come down and get me, and I'm I'm worried about that. No, I'm worried about upsetting these people, um, opening up a scar, you know, and then those people who were uh, kicked out of the Masons, and one of them was fired, uh, you know, I'm worried about them taking, I guess, vigilante. Aggression out on me. I mean, I can defend myself, but I just, you know, I don't want the nuisance. Uh, so that's what that is about. Uh, but um, I've been involved in a few other secret societies. One of them is the Golden Dawn. Um, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the Golden Dawn because they have a whole hell of a lot that uh, would be considered secrets. Um, oh, really? I left them. I left them as well, though, and that was for personal reasons too. Uh, but um, yeah, I've I've been around looking for answers and information for the paranormal world for my own experiences and my own, I guess, satisfaction of getting answers. And, you know, I'm not afraid to look anywhere. If somebody says, hey, this group might have some answers, uh, then I'm there, man. Yeah. Now, I know you also practice, or at least you are into the Kabbalah. Uh, for those yes, I'm. I'm. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I'm, I'm very, I like to say I'm very active in that because yeah. right. there are a lot of people, there are a lot of people, uh, on this uh, in the United States that study yeah. it, that can repeat it, memorize it, but they're not what I would consider practitioners. Right. They're not, uh, you know, there, there's an old saying that a lot of Kabbalists have, and that's an armchair uh, magician or an armchair Kabbalist. I'm definitely not that. And that just means that they're sitting in the comfortable chair reading reading the material, studying it, they can repeat it, but they, they don't know it, they don't do it, they don't practice it. But, yes, I've, I've been practicing uh, the Kabbalah, uh, which is what they that, that, is how Kabbalah? Kabbalah. It's pronounced Kabbalah in Hebrew. Okay. Uh, the English translation is Kabbalah, and it's spelled uh-huh. different ways in English too. It's spelled uh, with a C, with a Q, with a K. Um, everything from C A B A L for uh, Kabbal. It, it's representing the same thing to uh, Kabbalah, which which is uh, just spelled different ways, but it's all the same thing. It's just different spellings. And uh, let me ask again. One of the most famous, I think, uh, person in, who practices Kabbalah in America has to be Madonna. Uh, let me ask you. Let me ask you a question. Does, can anybody kind of join uh, one of these Kabbalah churches and actually learn about this, or do you have to have a certain, you know, position in life, I guess, to be able? Well, to anybody can study it. Anybody can study it and learn it. Um, I will definitely say that if you could find a teacher and a human yeah, being um, to sit down with you, it's always easier. But that, you know, that's the same in any profession or anything you're going to learn. Um, as far as Madonna goes, I mean, she, you know, she's a sister, obviously in Kabbalah. Um, I don't know honestly how far she takes her study. I have heard she takes it very serious. Um, but, but there are, uh, with, with Kabbalah or Kabbalah, however you want to pronounce it, there are different um, kind of types of it, um, and almost it's almost like how the Christian Church is segregated, and there's different dominions. There's different types of Christians. Well, there's different types of Kabbalists. And uh, I study every, every bit of it. I don't leave anything out. But a lot of Hollywood people 
they only study what we call the written Kabbalah, which is anything written down. Um, and but again, I don't know how far, you know, I don't far, I don't know how far Madonna takes it. And Britney Spears is also involved in that. Uh, Michael oh, Jackson was, was was as well. Um, oh, wow. And uh, you know, there's been a lot of ghost sightings of Michael Jackson with the uh, yarmulke uh, on top of his head, and that is definitely a Kabbalist thing. So a lot of people are saying, you know, that they, they got to be real. Because Michael was huh. never, he was never public about the Kabbalah, never. Um, but he was definitely into it. Uh, but, uh, I mean, the That's Kabbalah is such a huge topic. It's funny you bring up Michael Jackson. I'm a huge Michael Jackson fan, so it's kind of funny you bring him up. And, it, and yeah, I saw one of the uh, the alleged ghost videos. Uh, it was in Neverland Ranch. Uh, Larry King actually was the one who was doing a segment in Neverland. Mm-hmm. And you see the ghost kind of walking, the shadow of his ghost walking through the corridor. But it's pretty scary. I mean, yeah. I, I could believe that you know, maybe his ghost is out there. He's a he's a special human being. In fact, uh, you know, I'm doing a show in the next some, coming weeks now uh, with a young lady who claims to be an indigo child. Actually, I, I've always believed that maybe even Michael might have been an indigo child because she had such a special ability at such a young age. That, well, you know, he was he was very ex- different, but he yeah, was definitely. he was extremely misunderstood, and that's the most important. Um, he he did study a lot of Kabbalah texts, and he studied a lot of mid eastern ideas. And the Western world, which is the United States, doesn't think uh, along the same lines. Now, as far as his charges go, I'm not going to comment on them. I honestly don't know. I would say my opinion is I honestly don't believe it. Um, But I will say a lot of Kabbalists and Kabbalists, which is what you usually term the person who studies that, a lot of them are misunderstood. A lot of them are seen as crazy people in the United States or their Western mind um, because... They talk about things, they do things that doesn't necessarily make a scientific, rationalized uh, sense about anything they do or say, but that's because they're, as a Kabbalist, they're training to walk into different worlds. They're, they're walking between dimensions, they are um, experiencing things on a different level, and, you know, so, so it's, it, you know, it's a very famous case of how Kabbalists are greatly misunderstood, and Michael Jackson would be a great case just on that yeah. alone. No, yeah, he was definitely misunderstood. I mean, it, yeah, and when I mean that, I'm talking about his his idea of how everybody has right. an inner child. His, right. He had a deep compassion for peace, um, and some people didn't understand it. They, you know, they're like, "This is a grown man," but he acts like a child. And everybody who was ever friends with him says that he acted like he was a child and innocent. He always wanted to have fun and games, and but he was also. Uh, preaching a lot of messages, and I think we'll see that in his upcoming movie, This Is It. Yeah. Um, now, well, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm not trying to plug him. I'm just saying that, <laughs> you know, as a person, a Kabbalist, he's a great example of being misunderstood by the community. No, it's funny. I have, actually have the banner and uh, the trailer for his uh, movie, This Is It, on my front page here. I, I do plug Michael Jackson whenever I get a chance on the show. I love his music, so. Uh, but, no, it's true. I mean, if you look at the messages that he put in his music from Men in the Mirror to Heal the World, you know, this, the message in the song is really what you got to look at in this man and the charities, yeah. the amount of charities he did around the world to help others. Uh, and then the fact that people criticized him for silly things like his skin color or the fact that, you know, he was well, looking, you know. With, with his skin most, color, that was a disease. And yeah, he had a bit of I, I think – I think a lot of people are covering that now more, and I think people yeah. are starting to appreciate what he was trying to do with his life and send out the message now that he's gone. But, yeah. I mean, you know, that not that always sad but true with every hero or anybody yeah, that's 
And and every hero is always controversial. There, there's never one that is not controversial, that doesn't have enemies, that doesn't have, you know. But, you know. And there there are people out there listening to this that probably think, hey, you know, I don't I don't like Michael Jackson, I don't want to hear about it, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and, you know, that's fine, that's for you. Well, but, um, switching up. It's switching up because you know, if we get into Michael Jackson, we might lose some of the uh, listeners in the chat here. <laughs> so, well, you know, yeah, and, and that's your opinion. You know, that's my opinion on how we feel about yeah. the guy. I think he was a great singer. But, yeah, you know, listen, listeners got to understand we're all coming from different perceptions and opinions. But, but uh, yeah, uh, real quick. Right. Uh, well, I didn't want to cut you off, but real quick. Um, a lot of people ask me, what does uh, Kabbalah have to do with paranormal research or especially ufology? Alien abduction, shadow man, all that. And I would say it has everything to do with it. Um, I got heavily involved with, first, a lot of Solomonic practices, which comes from uh, King Solomon. Uh, And a lot of the scripts and manuscripts and scrolls that were translated uh, into English from the Arabic and the Hebrew were uh, done by the British Museum of Art. They were done by uh, Samuel McGregor uh, Mathers. And he was the forefather creator of the 1800s uh, Golden Dawn that was in England that swept England's newspapers uh, because there was a lot of displays of magic. And I don't mean illusions, I mean true magic. Um, There were magical battles, and the English papers ate this up. And the Kabbalah is full of stories and where rabbis and other Kabbalists, because a lot of a lot of Jewish rabbis are Kabbalists. I would say I would be I would be comfortable with saying 70% of them anywhere are Kabbalists. Um, but a lot of the Kabbalist stories and biographies of well-known Kabbalists have to do with communicating with other beings, have to do with um, massive displays of what you would call paranormal experiences or miracles. Um, mm-hmm. And I, and there are a lot of similarities and descriptions of things, such as with the Golden Dawn, they went public with communicating with other beings and drew pictures, and these pictures look like little greys, uh, and they, mm. were claiming, uh, they were claiming that they had contact with these beings. And so, but the Kabbalah has an answer and a definition for anything and everything that I've even found in life. Um, everything from pleasure and pain to life and death uh, to it, trying to explain uh, who who God really is, the Creator, and how we perceive ourselves. Even getting down to scientific psychology that we use today for uh, social so, sociology and how the human body works, how we react to things, and so it walks a fine line between science and mysticism. And I, I've I've just been the more I uncover about uh, Kabbalah or Kabbalah, uh, you know, the more fascinated I get. So it has everything to do with paranormal research because it has stories, examples, and so on of paranormal things. No, yeah, it's it's incredible that you can do so if you do some of the homework on you know Kabbalah and and you can really connect the dots, especially with uh, the, the little gray aliens like you were saying. Not only that, if you go back to like Nazi Germany, for example, they actually uh, there are stories that Nazi Germany was in communications through Kabbalah with the gray aliens also. And they had not the you know UFOs and stuff like that. So I mean, all this stuff could really be tied in directly to to you know, the, the UFO uh, UFO field or ufology. It's an yes, incredible, and not, incredible tie in now. And not very many people uh, know yeah. uh, Adolf Hitler was a Kabbalist himself, but he was yep. on the dark yep. side. He yep. uh, almost all of the German symbols from the swastika to the pointy hat on the German's uh, helmet 
to uh, the eagle, uh, some of the pentagrams, some of the words that they used um, to describe things. Everything about that is very Kabbalist. And Adolf Hitler was very into uh, religious and spiritual artifacts from all around the world. Uh, he yep. was into um, the paranormal, and he was definitely into the science fiction. Uh, he was... He was an open he was an open book, and I'm not I'm not idolizing Adolf Hitler, but if you understand that he is he was into the Kabbalah, but from a dark side, and if you look at how he did everything he did, it, it's it's pretty amazing, and it's a lot of evidence to point that there might have been a magical um, kind of brainwashing that he did to these German soldiers and other people. Um, it, it had to be. He, I mean, to, he to bragged to about it. Consider what he did. I mean, he had to brainwash an entire, you know, people to be able to mass murder another entire, you know, amount of people. To do something yes. like that, you have to have brainwashing power over over people. Yes. Uh, yeah, I actually started a book on him and uh, on some of the Nazi experiments that were public, um, and uh, some of them were more spiritual and paranormal. Some of them were dealing with UFOs and stuff from mm -hmm. Nikola Tesla, things like that. Uh, wow. But one of the most important things about Adolf Hitler, the Nazis, and all is that his group did not fall until America officially got involved. And I know that it sounds like, yeah, Davini's bragging on America, but America <laughs> was founded by Templars, and we were founded yep. by Masons. And they are 99.9% .9 Kabbalists. Now, in today's world, a lot of them don't understand what they're learning. And I don't want to go into that other than saying that they may repeat something and learn something and not understand exactly what it means. But in the old days, they knew. And um, I really do think that America, when they got involved, changed everything and possibly on more of a uh, mystical um, uh, way or a mystical uh, war front line. Because it's not uncommon uh, throughout history of Kabbalist uh, fighting like this. Uh, there's always one that kind of loses his edge and goes to more of a dark side. And uh, it is actually what inspired a lot of George Lucas's stuff on Star Wars. Um, yeah. A lot of his things are are, are dipped into ca the Kabbalah, and George Lucas is he's Jewish himself. He understands these mm -hmm. things. But, uh, you know, there, there's a lot to paranormal things, ufology, um, and connections to Kabbalah. So, you know, I, I wanted to get in there. I wanted to see what Kabbalah had to say about everything. And I've been fascinated. And, uh, I mean, that, that's just where, you know, that's my background. What I've been doing. That's no, it's incredible, and it's it's funny you do bring that up about George Lucas. I had I had seen a, a movie about George Lucas about a year ago, and they talk about that how he actually got his, you know, his ideas for the movie Star Wars based on you know religious backgrounds and religious theology and mythology yes. and the Bible and Kabbalah. And he even mentioned Kabbalah by name. Uh, so yes. yeah, it's funny you bring that up because it's true. If that's I I've heard that I heard it from his mouth. Yeah. So yeah, he, he got involved in world cultures all around the world, too. Um, a lot yeah. of people think that the Kabbalah is only for the uh, Mideastern, the, the Jewish, and the Arabic, and it's not. And it's very important uh, to understand that um, it is heavily taught in Israel right now, um, right. but it's also guarded. Uh, and it's been guarded for centuries. And, and I am trying to work, me and a lot of other people who are Kabbalists, who are the real deal, are trying to work with, um, some of these secret societies and even some of these special, I guess you can call them churches, uh, to open up a lot of their secrets because um, although we think we're in the information age and the communication age and we think that everything is out on Google and everything's out on the websites, I can tell you that um, 
That is complete and utter uh, BS. Um, I have seen things in the last five years that to other people was common, uh, was, you know, just like seeing the sun uh, rise and fall, and I have been told information that I've never heard before, never found on websites, where with these other people it was common it, because they were studying this. But this stuff is heavily guarded. Um, it's very secret. And there are reasons for that, but I am trying to work with certain groups to at least open up the doors. And over the last 10 years, they have been. Um, they, they've had a lot of Kabbalist uh, text actually translated uh, to the English language and to about 48 other languages over the last five years. And this is something huge in that field because they originally had a law uh, where there was a master and there was a student. And that's where we get that George Lucas thing with the Jedi and all that and the Sith. Right. Um, there's, you know, the rule, too. They always had that. Um, it wasn't about you getting a book and you reading a book at home and understanding it. It always had to be with a flesh and blood person to help instruct you and teach you. And there are reasons for that, too. But over these last ten years, um, they have, they've opened up a lot. Uh, they, they have, there's been more Kabbalah uh, and Kabbalist books out on the market in the last 10 years, but if you go before that in the 1980s and the ni- in the early 1990s, no one even heard of Kabbalah. Uh, I mean, it was it was just something not not even talked about. Um, and that's not just for America; it's worldwide. But uh, the Kabbalah goes back 5,000 years at least. Um, there are a lot of people believe it's a lot older than that, and it hasn't changed. It always flows uh, flows from one subject to another subject. Nothing ever changes. Uh, and the interesting thing is. In the stories of how humanity got the Kabbalah, it is said that they were given the Kabbalah and the knowledge of the Kabbalah from angels, uh, from the divine essence of God, more or less manifesting to the point where he could speak to humans. Um, And when I say he, I I want everybody to understand, that is just my, um, you know, that's just my Western uh, mind kicking in. All Kabbalists do not like to label God as male or female. Um, right. So, you know, if I say he, that's it's just a slip of the tongue. That, that's training. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, that's training from everything, that was, the way we view God here in the States. But um, a lot of the stories of the Kabbalah had to do about humanity gaining this knowledge from something that was non-human. Uh, right. So a lot of ufologists have been taking interest in this because they like to put the spin on it and say, well, it wasn't angels, it wasn't God, it was aliens. And, right. uh, of course, you know, we, we can toss up names and we already know these stories. Right, um, right. But uh, yeah, I'm just trying to explain to the listeners why I deal with but, the Kabbalah and paranormal uh, yeah, investigation. Yeah, it, it does make sense that you follow just do make that connection. I mean, if you think about it, uh, say 5,000 years ago, you know, a, a ship comes from the sky and lands in a field, you know, full of farmers or something back then. And, uh, and they look at them and they, they don't know what they are. To those people, they're going to be seen as gods, even though they're just aliens from another world. Uh, because right. of the simple fact that they come from a craft out of the sky, and they land, and it's a fire in the sky type of type of deal, and you know that that right there, don't make anybody think that's God. Especially when you have technology that you don't even know what it is. You know, it's it's funny. I got into a conversation with a friend of mine about time travel not too long ago, and I said, you know, wouldn't it be cool if you could time travel and go back like 500 years in the past and take simple things like flashlights and you know and and uh, mm-hmm. I don't know hairbrushes and you know simple things we take for granted every day, and you'll see how those people 500 years in the past will look at you like if you were a god just because they've never seen this kind of technology before. Uh, well, so it's and very easy to make that correlation, you know? 
Yeah, and and I and I understand that. Uh, I understand that perception and that theory, but I'm also I'm not convinced in my own research because a lot of my own research um, was dealing with ancient man, uh, mankind right. and how ancient man thought um, actually shows that ancient man was very intelligent. Um, and I I mean I actually and there I'm not alone in this. There are a lot of people that believe that the IQ level of ancient man was far surpassed anything that we can come up with today. Um, they hmm. thought different. And so on. So, uh, you know, I, I do understand where people can say, you know, if I brought back a light or a flashlight or, uh, you know, even a computer back right. in the, you know, even uh, say 4,000 years ago, um, that man would worship you and think it's magic. I understand that. Maybe the peasants would, but um, I think that the kings involved in that culture or the uh, whoever the landlords were, I think that they would probably try to capture you study whatever it is you had, and they would probably come to the conclusion that it is an object. Um, so, you know, uh, but that's just my opinion, and I'm not alone on right. this. I mean, you know, I'm not going to argue that. That's just my opinion from right, right, from right. looking at the Kabbalah. Um, and and people, people may ask, well, where do you get that from? And I would say that there's been a lot of things in the Kabbalah that could be definitely interpreted uh, to the new age that we are now, and to show how advanced the prophecy was even thousands of years ago. Uh, one example is the meaning of life. Every religion and spirituality uh, out there, you know, they have a different uh, expression and answer for the meaning of life. But in the Kabbalah, it states uh, a very specific answer. Uh, and that answer in the Kabbalah is that uh, we were created by a creator and that we are the creature. And the Kabbalah calls it the creature. Now, it states that animals and every other life form that would be non-human on this earth or anywhere else was created for either our pleasure or our, uh, our survival or even our interaction so that we're not lonely, so we have a companion. Um, but it also, the, the Kabbalah does state that all these things have a life force and a soul, and it's very important to understand that. Um, and it terms man as a creature, and so we have a creator. But it, the Kabbalah states that our meaning of life is that we uh, mimic God and our Creator by us creating a new creature. Now, how cool is that? Um, that is pretty cool. When you, when you study this stuff, and this is over 5,000 years old, okay? When you study this stuff, chill bumps just pop up. Because we yeah. are now, you know, we're now capable of starting, you know, DNA and, and maybe creating new animals maybe even an intelligent new life. We're also capable of creating robotic life. Um, right. And there's a lot of eerie things in the Kabbalah that uh, seem to flow, and it doesn't change. Um, you know, it doesn't have that, it doesn't have this way about it of you saying, well, that's the way men translated it thousands of years ago, but we translate it different. And the Kabbalah is not like that. Um, right. It has this, this constant flow, and it's eerie. Uh, so another thing is that they were very aware of the planets in our solar system. They were very aware that all of the worlds were sphere-shaped. In other words, they were they were round. Um, right. And it goes on and on and on and on. And uh, now, you know, there's a lot of things in the Kabbalah that just really blow your mind. But the biggest thing is when it talks about how mankind got the Kabbalah. And it states it was given by angels, which were called the Merkabah. Um, and... It was given also at different times to different people, 
by the divine manifestation of the Creator coming down, you know, turning into a burning bush or turning into a cloud in the sky <laughs> or meeting Moses, you know, or, or, yeah, or whoever, you that know. That story's been told over, over history several times. I mean, even the Sumerians have a very similar story in their, in their own history, in their own writings. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with the work of Zechariah Sitchin and the whole Anunnaki yeah, and the Hero. Yeah, I mean, it, it correlates very, very similar to the story in the Kabbalah. How close do you how close do you think that correlation is? Do you think there may be uh, some truth to both of them, and maybe you know there is maybe the creator could be in Anunnaki, he could be you know from Nibiru, and maybe our creator, our God, is nothing more than an alien. So you know. Well, and that, that's and that's definitely something that a lot of Kabbalists um, will even argue and dispute. Um, right. There are Kabbalists who are very spiritual, but they do believe that it is very possible that we were created by another creature, but they're coming at it from a scientific point of view. In other words, to say another alien life form that is not a god. Um, right. Because the Kabbalah states that our, our experience in life and our mission in life is to create another creature ourselves. So if, if you look at it like that, if we create another intelligent creature, are they going to look at us as god? As god, yeah. Okay? Um, and, and, and people may ask, why would we want to create another creature? Well, the K Kabbalah states that we will not understand our creator uh, until we mimic him, kind of like how a son would mimic a father. Um, right. You learn by what you see. Uh, whether it's wrong or right, we are learning. Even if we do something bad, we put our hand in the fire, we are burnt, we learn not to do it again. Um, so by creating another creature, we take on a major role. Uh, we mature. We say, okay, what is good, what is bad for this creature? And so on. So we may at that point, uh, it, you know, if we ever create a civilization, um, at that point we will understand more about how we were created. Uh, and, and, you know, and maybe we, maybe we put down something symbolic of the tree of good and evil. Um, maybe we, we give this new creature something, uh, you know, to where it has the choice to eat from the fruit. I mean, I'm talking symbolically. Um, you know, yeah. and there's, there's a million, there's a million questions that pop up. There's a million things that uh, a lot of Kabbalists argue. Some Kabbalists do not believe that aliens created us. Um, some do. And uh, honestly, my opinion about that is that I'm still open to it. Uh, I, I'm a Gemini, and I do believe in astrology. Um, and I, I have the textbook Gemini features where, you know, I've got these split... This, almost these split personalities where one will observe one side, one side of me will observe the other, but we, we come together in a balance. So I will look at the scientific stuff, I will look at the religious and spiritual and paranormal stuff, and uh, you know I will uh, try to come to conclusions, and if I can't, on my own opinion, I can always tell the scientific uh, story side of things, and I can always tell the spiritual side of things instead of trying to tell someone who doesn't know anything uh, about a subject and, and pushing my beliefs on someone. So, um, uh, and a lot of Kabbalists are like that. Uh, you want to find a balance. You want to find the balance between spirituality, paranormal abilities, and science, because that that is that that is the true essence of balance. And as a lot of you'll hear a lot of Kabbalists speak about balance, how we strive for it. Um, but with the paranormal field, things are it is true. a little weird, and you know you can't yeah. always. Explain everything. No, and it, it's true. Even science now, like uh, some of our leading scientists, like Michio Kaku and some of these great minds, are even saying they're trying to find 
the connection between God and science because the more they look and the more they theorize, the more the more they study, they see that there has to be some sort of God. You know, they created everything. Oh yeah. Well, Stephen. Well, everybody knows who Stephen Hawking is. If you don't, he's oh, that yeah. great. Um, you know, he's a scientific mind that's. He, he's unfortunately in a wheelchair, but he deals with all kinds of topics, and he's been lately been dealing on evolution versus creationism. Uh, for those that don't know those terms, if you believe that we were created and that the universe was created, then you believe in creationism. If you believe that, um, you know, this is by chance, uh, this is maybe accidental, or it's just evolution, then it's evolutionism. Um, and if you're not sure, then, you know, you, you can pick whatever you want. That's your opinion. That's your perception. That's, you know, that's fine by me and anybody else. Uh, but Stephen Hawking has been dealing on that subject and it's funny because he he's leaning towards quantum physics now, and I love to pull up quantum physics because everything that is in quantum physics um, is in the Kabbalah. Everything, uh, everything that the quantum physics has stated, and Stephen Hawking gives us an example of what him and a lot of scientists believe uh, the universe was created, the way it was created, the uh, the different elements that came first. And he even talks about interdimensions. And the way that he describes it, word for word in some of his books, is word for word how the Kabbalah explains how the, the, the universe was created. Um, the only difference is that the Kabbalah states that it was a creator, and Stephen Hawking says, hey, this stuff just happened. Um, right. But a lot of Kabbalists love to use some of his words and uh, his expressions. There was a book called The 72 Names of God, and it's a book anybody can get, um, and it, it's by, uh, uh, I, I want to say it's Yeheda Berg, and it's uh, Y-E-H-U-D-A, and his last name is B-E-R-G, the 72 names of God, and it talks about what the Kabbalist says, how, and how, how the Kabbalist says that the universe was formed, but it also, word for word, uses Stephen Hawking's examples. And oh, wow. um, you put them side by side, and it's the same story being told by two different sides and it's everything from uh, the Kabbalah states that certain elements were formed uh, in a specific order the Kabbalah states that there are ten dimensions in this physical world uh, and it gives names for every dimension uh, and these dimensions have been used and these names uh, for the dimensions have been used even up till now uh, the translations and the, the way you pronounce them have not been lost right. uh, and Stephen Hawking goes in to say that during the Big Bang there were ten dimensions formed. It even states that um, so many of them collapsed on each other, and this is exactly what the Kabbalah states. But anybody can pick, the, pick up that book or even uh, review it, and it's the 72 Names of God, uh, and it goes on and on and on. But, uh, you know, that, that, a lot of Kabbalists really like quantum physics because quantum physics is the, the weird science out there, and it's starting to show that this world is not what we thought, and uh, a lot of quantum physicists, Believe in a creator. Uh, now, I'm not pushing that idea on anybody. I'm just stating that. Um, and, and that is that is a true uh, a fact. A lot of quantum physicists, uh, the majority of them, do believe in a creator. Uh, they're the ones that produced um, what the belief do we know. They're the ones that produced the secret, things of that sort. A lot of them really do believe that there is a creator and there's energy fields and uh, the human body has auras and all that. I mean, they, they really are into it. Yeah. The missing question, do you believe in parallel universes? Uh, well, by parallel universe, um, that definition in itself 
would state that there's another time and place where everything is almost the same, maybe a little different. Um, I would say uh, I don't believe, I don't necessarily believe in it, but I understand why a lot of people do. I do believe in reincarnation. Um, this okay. is my personal view, but I also believe that um, there is no timeline. There's only a timeline here on Earth, and a lot of Kabbalists believe this. In other words, well, Jack. Yeah. In other words, Jackal, um, there are a million of you right now, and right. You, one of you right now is talking to me on this radio show, while another of you could be uh, in the 1800s, uh, you know, sailing on a ship. Another right. one of you, uh, you know, and you can go on in all these lives. But, uh, you know, I no. do believe in that, but I believe we're all we're connected somewhere, and I think that that's why a lot of people say, you know, I have a past life regression. And you can see your whole life, but yep. I, I don't believe that there is a timeline the way that we perceive time. Um, and yeah, I think that's where a lot of people get the uh, uh, different parallel universes. Yeah, you uh, walked from. right into what I wanted to ask you, actually. And the reason I bring that up is because uh, there's a gentleman in the chat room, the Antichrist, who's actually going to be on, on my show in, in the next couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. And he actually brought up a good question. Uh, what if a lot of these grays that are coming uh, that we've seen here now on Earth uh, you know, doing the abductions or whatever, what are they from the future? They're us from the future. My whole theory is that time travel is impossible because of the simple fact that, like you said, we perceive time, but time doesn't necessarily have to be there. It doesn't have to be real. It's yeah. just something we perceive at the age, you know, to, like an explanation why things age, really. Uh, but, of course, now if we do the whole thing with parallel universes, uh, there might be a way to time travel if you go from one bubble to another bubble that's in the past. And that will be the only way I believe that you'd be able to time travel in, in a sort of way. Uh, I mean, that's a, a fascinating theory. I mean, that's something that Mitchell Kaku was actually uh, recently working on. I don't know if you've done any uh, homework on his uh, on his books or anything like that with string theory and. and yes. Uh, yeah. No, I know all about it. Um, all the thing, yeah. the uh, now the string theory actually comes from the Kabbalah, um, yeah. and time yeah. travel comes from the Kabbalah. Now the the only thing is we have we have to argue is time a circle or is it a line. Because if you believe that it is a line, in other words, it's a past, present, future, if you believe it's a line, time travel can be extremely dangerous. Um, and I'll give you a quick example of that. If I were to go back in time, and let's say even just, you know, not yesterday, but a couple years ago, then I am going, if, if it's a line, and if you believe it's a line, then I'm going back to the, to the past. And I'm, if I change an event, anything, then I have created a different route, a different line for the new present, the new future. Okay, do you follow me? Yeah, I follow you. Yeah. You understand that? Okay. Yeah. The problem with that is I can never get back to my original yeah. reality of the future or present. That's if you believe it's a line. There's a lot of authors who explain that, and I fully understand it. I would support it if time is a line, but I don't know if time is a line. Um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't subscribe to that theory myself. I don't believe time is on a line. Now, yeah. the only way that you would be able to time travel, like I said, in my theory would be doing it interdimensionally. You know what I mean? It would be completely right, different right. angle that, and doing it like right. that. I do not believe that is possible whatsoever myself. Now, going right. into the future is a different story. Einstein kind of, uh, with, with his own theories, kind of proved that we can go into the future, but we can never just go back in time. And well, and, and see, here's the thing. If you go into the in future... Theory. Well, and yeah, no, and, and all this is in theory because publicly there's never been any announcements of it. If we right. go into the future, then uh, is time still aligned, um, and where does it stop? Is this uh, and and I think that um, 
that would be according to our perception. In other words, my perception is that right now is the present. Your perception is right now is the present because we're physical beings right now. But something right. on a higher dimension may be able to foresee the future. And then that gets into psychics. What are psychics here in this world? How are they able to see things? Um, and so and there's, a big, there's a big controversy there between if time is a circle, in other words, that it's constant and that either there is no real time or it's, it's all just meshed in. Or is time a line? Is there literally a past, present, future? And right. a lot of that is based on our perception right now. Um, I honestly do not have an answer for if it is a circle or if it's a line. Um, I, I think that time travel would definitely be something that scientists would look into. Um, but, again, it would be very dangerous oh, yeah. to go back. And that's common sense. If we could do it, it would be very dangerous to go back. And, uh, and again, how do you get back to your own time? Oh no, they're they're across the river. <laughs> but uh, yeah. how how do you how do you get back to your time? That would be the biggest question. Yeah. No, if you had the answer for that, you'd be a, a multi-billionaire right now. <laughs> yeah, and there are a lot of people that suggest that there's also a limit to how far back in time we can go. Um, I've heard yeah. that theory posted by a lot of conspiracy theorists. Um, some of them even claim to have worked on government experiments with dealing with time, and a lot of them for some reason, say that there's like a timeline or a window to how far back in time we can go. And that would be really neat because that, such as like going back to see if Jesus was crucified, to right. meet if Jesus was a real man, and so on for anybody, or, or to meet the dinosaurs and see what the dinosaurs look like, anything, anything historical. If there was a window, and if we couldn't get back to it, that means that we're no smarter on our faith level with religion um, than, than, than we were before. And then that would bring the mystery to it and so, and so forth. But a lot of people do say that there is a window to how far back in time we can go. And, that, you know, that's pretty, to me, that's pretty strange. And, and a lot of uh, people try to say that it's a safety net. It's a, uh, it's a lockdown made by something grander than us so that we don't mess up or so that we also cannot see things in the past. Uh, so we're stuck with, you know what we have now, what what we can uncover now, but um, you know, and again, I I honestly don't know what is and what isn't on that subject. I'm just I'm just giving other people's opinions uh, and, and so on. No, time travel is one of those subjects that uh, you could wrap your mind around it and, and talk about it for days. It's it's a fascinating yeah. subject. Have you ever heard of the work of Robert Mullet, the scientist? I don't know if you're familiar with his work. I'm really bad with names. You're going to tell me about what his work is, and I can tell you. Well, he's actually – you can Google him or you see him on YouTube, Robert Mullen. In fact, later on, I'll, I'll post some videos on the chat room here if you guys can check him out. He actually created a machine, which in theory now, when he turns the machine on, and say he leaves it on for about 100 years, okay? 100 mm -hmm. years in the future, they could, time, they could send back messages or they could send back particles or things like that uh, to the point where he turned on the machine. And, of course, from every day forward from that point on. But you can't mm -hmm. go past that point because it's kind of like a bridge from one point in time to another point in time. Uh, Wait, no, now, I've not course, heard his. I've not heard, heard any, any of this. No, I mean I I've mean, heard of the idea that we can only send information and that uh, we would have to have a vehicle or an object turned on the right. entire time. Um, exactly. I've the, heard the of those. Thing have to be turned, the thing has to be turned on for you know the hundred years. You can never turn it off. The moment you turn yeah. it off, you'll lose the connection, basically. Well, and, and you know that comes up to a good point. I mean, logically. Um, if I want to go into the future, um, you'd have to have that. Um, yeah. and, but then also, if I go into the past, I'm stuck. So, yeah, <laughs> logically from our perception, yeah, that, that would be very 
uh, plausible. That 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 could be very that, that could have some truth to it. Um, now the, the uh, since we're on tra- time travel, I will say that the Kabbalah has um, time travel things in it, um, but it's a different type of time travel. Um, it's uh, the ability to more or less leave your body, um, travel through dimensions, and then go back into your past. And you can only go into your past um, and perceive uh, and, and follow up with situations. And it's, a, it's about growing. It's about learning things. Um, and, ex- and all Kabbalists go through this after so many years in it. Um, I went through it, too. Uh, it's very um, enlightening. It's it's very hard to describe to anybody that has never done it. Um, my proctor, which is proctor's a Greek name for a teacher, um, my proctor who was teaching me couldn't describe this until I'd done it. Um, and it's it, it's like having a, a out of body experience, the best way I can describe it, and then reviewing a situation that's happened. And nine times out of like ten, astral projection? Like astral projection? yes, but it, it's astral projection. But um, you're going to a place. Uh, in time, uh, if you will, a uh, where in time rather than a a uh, what place. Like in other words, astral projection or out of body experiences would be me leaving my body physically, my soul, um, which is who we all are. We are not a body. We're not flesh and blood. Um, we are our soul. Um, it would be me leaving and doing things. Well, it doesn't matter where I go, what I interact with, and so on. But with the time travel in the Kabbalah meditations and in these rituals is about you leaving your body and reviewing something that is happening in the past. Um, and most, uh, most, of the, most of the events um, are kind of autopiloted. You cannot control where you're going the, the first couple of times, and it's almost always a negative experience in your life. And the reason that you go back to these negative experiences is so that you learn from them. Because uh, I, I think... Uh, people that have gotten involved in the Kabbalah and these secret societies that have went through tremendous events in their life, um, such as being burglarized, uh, being raped, um, being nearly killed in serious situations, and that scars them, that affects them. But this ritual to go back in time allows them to go back and see how they reacted, see the situations before them uh, from a different point of view. And then they come back out of this with a new understanding of what went on. So almost always you come back saying it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Or you come back saying I'm now a lot stronger of a person because of this experience. And then we ponder and we meditate on who would I be today if that didn't happen. And it's about a growing experience. It's about learning. But there are Kabbalists out there who uh, who are experimenting, I'll, I'll say, with uh, going back in time into reincarnated lives, where you can go back, uh, more or less, to yeah, another let me, time. Let me stop you there for, let me stop you yeah. there for a second. I have, I have a caller on the line. Uh, do you want to take a caller real quick? Because he's been waiting for. A yeah, that's fine, time. man. That's fine. And we're going to talk. We're going to when he, as soon as he answers this, he asks this question, I want to get back into that because I have a question about you know reincarnation that I actually want to get to. Uh, here, yeah, that's get fine. Seven, Seven oh four on the line. Do you have any questions for Divini, our guest here tonight? Oh yeah. Hey, how you doing tonight? Great show. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Welcome to the show, man. Uh, uh, what's up? Oh, uh, just wanted to uh, address the guest real quick. Just really um, am uh, in tune with what you're saying about uh, if we could combine, you know, uh, modern religion with science with uh, paranormal. I mean, uh, <clears throat> you walk into any church today, and you know, even preach that. 
you know, that's blasphemy. So yes, I agree. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully that'll change, and I think it is changing the fact that people are speaking about it, and that. Uh, well, you'll notice you'll notice if you re-listen, you'll notice that I said combine spirituality and paranormal with um, science. I, I never said religion. Religion right, is true, a completely different true. thing from spirituality. Um, oh, I know. With religion, we have man trying to tell us how to worship uh, God, how to see God, whether he's male or female or many, and so on. So that is, religious persecution is what you're talking about. Spirituality yeah. is a lot different. People will be more open to it. Um, and, and yeah, there are you know there are spiritual paths that are set that have rules and dogmas and laws, but they're a lot more open-minded. Um, yeah. So, and, and yeah, I understand what quick, you're saying. I just wanted to and, jump And in just there. one quick point on that, and then, then I'll move on. But, uh, yeah, it's like back in the, you know, 1600s, you know, if you were caught with a Bible, you were persecuted. You know, if you caught were printing or writing a Bible, you were persecuted. Mm-hmm. So it's the same, yeah. same mm-hmm. concept, you know. But um, definitely I, w- I wanted to uh, address some of the uh, time travel things um, and uh, some of the, you know, top astrophysicists are making some remarkable progress, you know, in uh, small laboratory experiments right now. These are people that don't have the trillions of dollars that, you know, the the black budget programs have, uh, you know, with our militaries. You can imagine with, with those type of resources how far advanced our government is. And, mm-hmm. uh, you, know, thank, you know, thank God we live in this country. We, we do have the most advanced, you know, military in the world, so thank God it's us. But, um, yeah, there, there's uh, some really fantastic experiments going on with, you know, small astrophysicists on their small budgets uh, being able to uh, work on quantum physics. And uh, I, I uh, really want to applaud your work, and uh, that was basically the comment, just, you know, want to applaud every, everything you're saying, and uh, I think uh, um, it's really hard. A lot of us are just trying to feed our families, but uh, I, we're just right on the forefront of it all, and I think the military and the government is, you know, they've pushed through, and they're, they're there. You hear these like people like Stan Friedman, like these disinformation agents, who say, "Oh, well, you know, they're, they have UFOs buzzing around, and they might, they might not be." In the meantime, you know, we, our government and our military has already been to the stars and back, and that's that technology. So, just want to applaud your efforts, and uh, you know, keep up the great work, and uh, keep yeah. us to the show here. Well, I appreciate that, and and uh, have, has you got a little bit of um, kind of static coming through? I don't know if it's Jack or you. Um, no, I think it's. Oh, okay, it's Magic Jack. There's a plug for Magic Jack. Go. Absolutely. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Connor, thank you, thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, it's funny. I actually, by the way, I have a lot of respect for Stan Friedman. He does a lot of good work, so I don't want to leave it off on a jab at Stan Friedman on my show because I do have a, a great deal of respect for that man. Uh, but getting back into what we were talking about before, um, unless you want to talk, you know, talk a little bit more about the caller was calling. We can talk about anything you want, man. Um, uh, I was originally going to talk about the Kabbalah, uh, how yeah. it's affected um, me and uh, with with my search of how everything is. And I wanted to talk about crop circles quickly, too. Uh, but we can get on anything you want, man. I mean, I, I, I am a strong believer that sometimes, uh, you know, you can't go on a scheduled – uh, I guess topic because you know what if there's a listener that pops in and opens a question or what if the host exactly. has a question we gotta get well, on that new topic man. <laughs> the, the reason I, the reason I asked that is because I don't know if you had any, anything else to add to that caller but also I wanted to get back to your, your original topic we were talking about before we got him on the phone uh, which was about reincarnation. Uh, now have you looked into the uh, I don't know if you've seen the case of Bariska the, the boy from Mars who was over in Russia and uh, they did the uh, of course the uh, Camelot Project Camelot was done on him. 
Uh, I don't know if you're familiar yeah, with his I, work and, and this reincarnation um, tale or story. Well, there's not just that. There are, there are. Um, I, I would be comfortable saying hundreds upon thousands of stories uh, of reincarnation that do lead to some kind of evidence. Um, some of the best evidence actually is found in the Buddhist monasteries. Um, not very many people know this, but the Buddhist monasteries, when they lose a leader or a yeah. or, or an elder, they believe they're going to be reincarnated, and they start a search. They get a group of the Buddhists, and this is real life. This is not this is not made up. They start a group. They fund them to go around the world, find out where these people are, and they do it through remote viewing, uh, through out-of-body experiences, and they find people, um, and they will say, you have the energy or whatever of our long-lost brother, you know, whatever his name is. And then they will say, we believe that you are this person, but then this is where the science comes in. They have experiments, and they have situations and tests, that will prove or will not prove if that person is or is not. One of the big things they do is they will cart out a lot of objects that were really owned by the person who's deceased, but there will also be a lot of objects that had nothing to do with this person. And they will ask whoever they believe is the reincarnated person of, of their long-lost brother, um, they will say, what object on this table um, talks to you or moves you? And, you know, it might be a hat, it might be a cane, um, it could be a picture. It could be anything. And they have right. all these tests, not just that, lots of them. And uh, the, the Buddhist dealing with reincarnation is really fun uh, to observe, listen to, study, because it's, it's wild. It, it's really, really wild. Some of the uh, people that they have claimed uh, that were the, the new reincarnation of their long-lost brother have actually said phrases um, and done things or even had hobbies that the last guy really had in real life. And so all that, you know, you take that in, and it, it kind of shows for evidence. It, it's, it's out there, man. Uh, yeah, it's kind of hard, uh, hard to prove for Risk's tale, though, being from Mars. Uh, it's so much to grab, you know, grab onto that yeah. people remember. But uh, yeah. it's kind of funny. He was really accurate for, like, a five- or six-year-old little boy. Uh, it was really accurate when it came to the distance of the planets, uh, the atmosphere, what it was made of, the fact that there was so yeah. much radiation around Mars. I mean, he knew stuff that we're finding out now, and that was a few years ago, when he was only like a five- or six-year-old boy. Well, uh, so it's, and that story is a little bit, yeah, you know, that one makes you think, have you heard of any other kids that might be into yes. children that have that tale from Mars or, you know, from other worlds like that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of them will say that the civilization of Mars is dead or destroyed or whatnot, and they, they a lot of them, you know, there's a few that will say that, the people left Mars, or that well, maybe... Well, he doesn't say that. He, he says that they live underground on Mars, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Well, um, but a lot of them uh, th that I follow do say that the civilization is wiped out. Yeah. I don't know what I believe on that. I will say, though, that I've seen a lot of evidence um, of something being on the bases, uh, of, being, of bases and stuff on the moon. And here in October, I don't know if you've heard about this, but uh, Obama's announced we're bombing the moon. Um, yeah, and we're that. bombing it for supposed scientific research, but a lot of people are already going nuts saying, no, we're bombing it for other reasons. Um, and this is, you know, that gets into a lot of things, is, is their bases. Um, and the obvious answer, is, if there's life out there, and if they visited us, and I'm saying if, I mean, I do believe that there are aliens, I do believe we've been visited, but I'm just saying, theorizing if they visited us, they have to have a platform base. The moon would be greater Mars. Um right. Even if they have, and this is what people don't understand, even if they had spacecraft that from the blink of an eye 
could travel from one solar system to the end of that solar system, or say from their from their home planet, takes them two hours to get here. They still need bases between because there's always the possibility of uh, malfunctions on the on the craft. There's always emergency situations, and they would need to relay messages somehow back and forth. And so, um, you know, in theory, it would only make sense to have bases on the moon or on Mars. And uh, when we look at Mars, it does look like it definitely supported life in the past. Oh, yeah. And uh, there there are pictures, uh, you know, with a lot of conspiracy theorists that they're showing trees, animals, mm-hmm. uh, even creatures, everything on Mars. And yep. uh, if the listeners don't know what I'm talking about, you can follow that on Google. Um, you know, and I'm talking about... Uh, here, yeah, actually, here I just posted a, a, a link on the chat room about a movie called Project Red Star. I don't know if you've yeah. heard of that movie, but it actually shows clips uh, of pictures taken right from NASA, and it actually shows building structures on Mars. Some look like a runway, others look like a pyramid, like pyramids or yeah. uh, ruins. You know, building they're all ruined up. Uh, another one shows a big sphinx-like statue, which is amazing to look at because it looks yeah. like something right out of Egypt. I mean, the structures on these yep. buildings look like something right out of Egypt. Now there has and, to be a connection between that and Egypt. Yes, definitely. Well, all around the world, um, when we view our human religions that we've had, um, all the way since you know as far back as we can we can see, there's always a serpent um, thing connected with all religions. There's yep. always this idea that we are getting information from something non-human. Now, I'm saying that because in religion and in spirituality, they say angels, fallen angels, spirits, or whatnot. But we have to say it's non-human. I think everybody even in the religious fields, could say, yeah, it's non-human, because obviously an angel uh, would be non-human. Um, right. An alien would be non-human. So by saying non-human, we're already coming to agreement on, we're saying it's non-human. So, right. um, you know, we've we got to use certain words where everybody in the community from all fields can agree to. But every religion that we've unearthed has serpents, um, has churches and temples of those religions covered in serpents, covered in symbols that are found in other places of the world in other completely different religions that tie them together um we've also got the messiah um uh prophecies or the messiah stories of a divine being uh a god coming down and sacrificing himself uh for the unfolding of light now that's that's right. what um we've got all around the world and with egypt we have the sphinx we have the pharaoh faces and then on mars we have faces we have the Sphinx, we have pyramids, and so, you know, it's all connected. And then we go to um, Aztec, we got pyramids. We go to uh, South America, full of pyramids. Um, you know, it, I think there was a Stonehenge that was found in Iraq um, yeah. Not, yeah. not long ago, but it's been, it's been more unearthed. Uh, and then we got the Stonehenge that, that is uh, in England. I mean, you know, we've got all these similarities to all these religions, and uh, one thing they do have in common is the flood. A lot of religions talk about a global flood. A lot of religions uh, talk about the ending of the world coming in fire, and that's very important, coming in fire, not water. Um, right. A lot, and, and of course earthquakes and other things. Um, a lot of the religions talk about some kind of ascension that human beings will eventually undertake. Uh, uh, and by ascension, I mean we will become more than human. We we will, right. and a lot of these religions go on and on about that. Uh, so there's a well, that's what that's what the whole indigo children and star seed stuff is all about. That. Yeah, um, the, with the indigo children, um, 
there's a lot of different definitions out there about the indigo children. The main definition is that they seem more intuitive. Some of them may have physical or psychic abilities that seem superhuman. Um, a lot of them, they're a lot of them, they're classifying as uh, a new and improved, evolved human. And a lot of them um, have abduction type stories or stories of remembering past lives or communicating with something non-human again. Um, but there are a lot of different definitions, really, of the star child. Um, I followed that. I'm honestly, I mean, and I'm going to make a lot of people mad, but from my opinion, I'm not sure that I believe it. I think that these children are growing up in a new age and that they are, they are um, allowing their natural abilities to stay intact versus in the even in the 80s and the 90s when children grew up it was you know smack across the head you know you don't have no invisible friend or smack across the head you know get your head out of the clouds quit daydreaming you know school 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 where nowadays um we are pushing science we are pushing education but everything is so open these kids are learning a lot you know and some stuff they shouldn't be learning but uh you know <laughs> so young but they're learning a lot but the well, biggest but thing it's, is... It's true. They're, they're almost conditioned by their environment and by, you know, yeah. the way society is changing itself. Yeah, but I, I honestly... My, I mean, my opinion about star children and star seeds is that if we were to go back in time, if it was possible, that we would actually find a lot of these in ancient man. Uh, we would find a lot um, of cases of even adults having abilities or knowledge because um, one of the biggest things is the star children seem to be really intelligent. They they seem to know things, and we don't know how they knew it. Um, that, that's a big thing. And I think that if we went back to ancient man, we'd find that too. Um, so, I, you know, it's not that I'm saying that they don't exist. I'm saying that um, we don't know what really defines humanity because we're trained when we're young to believe something. We're trained to not do something. We're trained to do something. And I think that a lot of these indigo children, uh, even though they hear, don't do this, do this, do that, don't do this, even though they hear it, they're also coming up in a more loving, open community. And I think right. that's what it's really about. Yeah, it could be any explanation I'm open for, so that could definitely be it. Makes sense. So, yeah, yeah, and you wanted to talk about reincarnation, too. Um, what, I'll ask Jackal, I mean, what, what is your – and you're not going to offend me, and I don't want any listeners <laughs> to get offended because everybody has opinions. But what is your – um, what, what is your theory, your belief, or your idea on reincarnation? Wow. Well, personally, I believe when we die, you know, our, our soul or what is described as a soul uh, goes back to the energy plane, whatever that might be. So, you know, I do believe that we could get reincarnated. So it's just the energy coming back to Earth again in a different body. Uh, but, you know, I do believe the soul is the energy, the everlasting energy that doesn't die after we do die. So, I mean, I do believe that. Mm -hmm. but I, I do believe in reincarnation. The, the thing that strikes me kind of odd about Bariska's story it's the fact that this boy is, you know, it's claiming that he's reincarnated, but he's a being from Mars. So that kind of, you know, that that kind of shakes me a little bit because that means that really, if you do believe in souls, if you believe in his story, if you, then really any life out there is connected to God. And all, all oh, our yeah, souls definitely. Go to the same place. Definitely, all life is connected to our Creator, and we are also connected to all life. Now, and that that's spoken about in the Kabbalah too. However. Um, there are rational explanations of some of this stuff in the Kabbalah. Uh, an example is that the Kabbalah states that all living things, as long as they vibrate and breathe, they have life, they have a life force, they have a soul. And it goes on to explain, um, and a lot of people talk about this, that if 
we were able to create an intelligent robot, um, and we were able to give it the thought processes that it would eventually have the ability to have a soul. Um, and that goes on and on into theory and speculation. And people rub their head and they say, "How you know? How's that possible?" But <laughs> I'm just I'm just throwing it out there, okay? Um, so, it, but in the Kabbalah, it states that all life has a soul. Every animal has a soul. However, right. in the Kabbalah, it states that we are our own separate entity, yet we are connected. We are all, if you want, fragments of God. We are all fragments and pieces of our Creator. Uh, that's what it means by we are made in his image. Um, right. And again, when I say he, I don't literally mean God is a he. Um, I, I teach seminars about what really was in uh, Israel and being taught through Israel of how we view uh, God versus how the Greeks and the um, uh, Roman Catholic Church took it, and then they, they stamped different images on it. But that's a whole other topic. But um, right. with, with, with what the Kabbalah states... It basically, layman's terms, it, Kabbalah basically states that if I'm to be reincarnated, it will be in another human body. Um, it will not be something non-human. It will not be an animal. And I know a lot of people go, ah, because there are people that believe in reincarnation and believe that you could be a deer or a bird or an earthworm, <laughs> you know, whatever. That would be um, terrible to be reincarnated as a cockroach or, or a rat or something. Right. <laughs> and, and, but what would be the experience in that and what would be the reason for it? Because yeah. as an earthworm... You know, what are you going to learn in life? I mean, you're, when it rains, you come out of your hole and you can get ate by a robin. Um, as humans, <laughs> it's all about experience. Yeah, and I'm being comical, but, you know, and I don't want to offend anybody. I, I understand that there are people, and I also understand why they may believe that they were an animal. And that is because the Kabbalah tells us that we are all connected. And by connected, I mean literally. Um, I, once you get to a point where you open up your sixth, your sixth sense um, and your intuition, I would be able to perceive anything such as in your life, Jackal, but that doesn't mean that I'm reincarnated into you. You see what I'm saying? Right. Um, I, I may be able to remote view on another planet where there is life, and I may be able to see into an alien's life so well that I could write a book about it. But through my own ego or my own confusion and my own human perception, I may say, oh, my gosh, I think that that alien was me in a past life. So, and that's what we call an ego-generated theory. That's, that's what the Kabbalah states happens a lot. Um, we are connected, which means we can communicate, we can transfer information, but it doesn't mean that we are that thing. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I got you. So, are, are you are you familiar with Major Ed Dames, who I used to come out on Coast to Coast with Art Bell a lot? He does remote yes. viewing, and and I don't know if a lot of people here in the chat room know about this, but the government well, actually spent a lot of money on remote viewing and doing just this. Uh, well, here's the thing, and I'm going to be, I know I know Ed Dames very well, um, and a lot of my colleagues do, and we're not too happy with a man and his characteristics, but that, that's, that's another story. Um, I will say that everything that he's involved in uh, is factual. Um, a lot of people are really mad because he's putting patents on everything. He's getting copyrighted. Um, he, he, if, if you go to his SciTech page, uh, which is SciTech is the uh, organization he runs, and it teaches uh, mainly remote viewing. But they are getting on some other things. He's trying to copyright and get patents on everything so that if someone else has these abilities and comes out in public, uh, he gets to sue. He gets to say, if you didn't learn it through my company, and if you don't have a certificate of me teaching you or my company teaching you, you're, you're liable in court. And that's dangerous because um, his, you know, he's going from a military point of view, 
and you got to ask where did the military get it from? The yeah. military got it from secret societies. They got it from people who had these abilities naturally, and so on and so on through thousands of years. And these organizations are very much alive. These people are very much alive. Uh, and the one thing about Ed Danes that most people do not know is when Ed started this off, he had a very good partner. And I'm not going to give out any names, but if Ed or any of his little buddies are listening, they know. When Ed started this, he had a partner, and his partner was the legit guy that was involved in the military operations. It was not Ed Danes. Now, Ed did get involved, but not as much as he says. Uh, and this has been backed up, but when Ed created the SciTech, he kicked out his partner, that original guy that was involved in the military. Now, that original guy went on to teach other things, but now he's being held up in court because, you know, who holds all the money and the fame and this and that, and it's Ed Danes. Now, with saying yeah. that, with saying that, I don't want anybody mad. I don't want anybody saying, oh, you know, Divinity's saying he's not real. I'm not saying that. Remote viewing is very real. Um, and Ed Danes, what he's teaching is real. It's just that he's trying to put a copyright. Um, he's trying to put a patent. And, and that's dangerous. That's not just dangerous for anybody publicly that comes out. That can be dangerous for him, too, because uh, what he's doing is he's trying to label anything and everything spiritual or metaphysical or uh, supernatural. He's trying to label it as, if it didn't come from my group, then you can't do it. And uh, that's where we get into the ego and the control issues. And there's a lot of other groups that will get very angry at that. Um, now, you know, as far as what Ed Danes does, prophecies and things like that, listeners definitely should listen to that because it is real. I mean, I, don't, I honestly don't know why Ed Danes would put patents on it. I think it's a little bit nutty. I mean, it's like me, you know, coming out and trying to put a patent on tarot readings and then saying any tarot reader out there, you know, that is doing these, if they're not certified through my school, I can sue them. And it is legal in court. If I've got the, if I have the copyright and the patent, it is legal. So, yeah, of course, I wasn't, aware he was, I wasn't aware he was doing uh, all this, that he was uh, yeah. trying to put patents on Yeah, him. well, I understand from his point of view he has to protect his company, but he needs to get along with other people. Um, and the military, um, not, not many people know this, but when the military gets involved in these experiments and these trainings, they dumb it down. They want it so that a soldier can enter this training and be what they consider a decent informative or a weapon in under a year. Whereas if you look at where the military got their training, they're getting it from spiritual teachings. They're getting it from these old religions. They're getting it from these secret societies. And in those societies and those groups, it takes years for a person to master this. And the reason behind that is because you have to learn right from wrong. You have to learn and accept who you are. You have to go through all this soul-opening research, but the military don't do that. In other words, um, you know, you're giving a soldier the ability to remote view, whereas there's a many secret societies with these people that know how to do it, and they do it, they do it every now and then, but they know when not to do it. Uh, right. it's, not, it's like giving a child a handgun with a trigger off. Uh, versus giving an adult a uh, a gun who's been to the field and certified, you know, the adult will know when to shoot, when not to. You know, the child will play with it, and uh, right, right. you know that that gets dangerous. But that's what the military does. They dumb it down. Um, they want anybody to understand it. They try to take out all the spirituality, um, and they, in other words, they want a man or a woman soldier to go through these programs, and boom, we've got a weapon. Boom, we've got a spy. Uh, versus. Ten years of them studying it and doing it, that, that, right. you know, and and you can view all this on SciTech. I'm not just 
I'm not BSing anybody. You can Google it right now. SciTech explains this. They have a, uh, and this is Ed Dane's group, they have an entire uh, home page with a little cartoon that explains where remote viewing came from, and they explain that the military uh, dumbs it down. They take out stuff. They, they explain that right there on their home page. And this is well, just from my work. Yeah, the military has been known to do that for, you know, throughout history. I mean, you look at any, uh, yeah. especially in ufology, you look at any of the ufology cases like the Roswell crash, for example, uh, the cover-ups are everywhere when it comes to the military and the stuff that they do. And it, it doesn't surprise me they would try to suppress a technology like this because, in a sense, yeah. they're looking at it more as a technological advantage uh, than anything else for war purposes. That's really what they're looking at, at it for. Well, but uh, here's the problem, though. That means that the soldiers are expendable, okay? That yeah. means that um, but they always, you have they always the, are. I mean, they always are in these wars. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, see, that's the difference. In the secret societies and in the religions and the spiritual past that teaches the people that can do this are not expendable. If something happens to one, it affects the whole group. You see what I'm saying? Um, yeah. If, uh, But it's, it's also a good thing. It's not just a bad thing. It can be a good thing. Because if – okay, another ability um, that the military dumbed down was uh, there was this case where uh, – and I can't remember her name for the life of me. There was a lady with a natural ability to um, to manipulate the human body. And they'd done studies with her, and she was able to make people's hearts stop. And they oh, would wow. literally go into cardiac arrest. And the military studied this heavily. You can Google it. I, For the life of me, I can't throw down this woman's name. Um, but the military created a program to mimic this lady. Now, this lady had all these concepts. She didn't like doing this. And what it ended in uh, was a uh, – the, the program kind of went under. So nobody knows what happened. So what if, what if we have soldiers in our military that are trained to stop someone's heart? And I'm, I'm not talking about touching it. I'm talking about like remote view. I'm talking yep. about being in the room with you, 30 feet away, stopping a person's heart. I don't care if it takes 20 minutes to stop a person's heart. The military will fund that. The military will get into it because then you've got an invisible weapon and an assassination tool. But, yep. but. That soldier is going to have psychological issues. They're going to have religious and spiritual issues. Um, they would not have underwent the spiritual training that other groups would give them. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. you're going to have a um, you're going to have a firecracker on your hand if you're the government, which means your soldiers have to be expendable. Which means if you get involved in that field, I'd probably give you five to ten years uh, tops before you go nuts or before you. Uh, attack society or whatever. I mean, the only the only alternative to that is brainwashing, and then that's where everybody says, you know, the government has to right. brainwash. Whereas these other societies, you could be eating Thanksgiving dinner with someone who's carving the turkey, and you would never know it, but they have these abilities because they don't show it off. They're trained, um, and so on. But you know, and, and I'm just I'm just going on about how the how the military does this. And now, if I could say anything to the military leaders, I would say add the spiritual training in there. However, as soon as you do that, soldiers won't want to take up the target. You know what I'm saying? So no, they're not going to listen anyways. Well, no, yeah, their agenda is already set in stone. They're not going to listen to anybody or anything. Right. Especially if it goes against what the master plan is, whatever that master plan might be at the end of the day. Uh, but it's funny that they're, they're you know, working, that they did work on remote viewing and spend oh, so yeah. much money on, this, on these projects. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of funny because it kind of gives more credibility uh, to the whole, you know, phenomenon. 
Well, and anybody can remote view. Um, A lot of people think, yeah, yeah, anybody can do it. However, it does take training to master it. Uh, There's a difference. Um, Anybody can, what they do is they start off with a hypnotic-like meditation. And uh, in most cases, there will be two or three people involved. One is the the target, uh, which is what you want to remote view. The other is uh, uh, what they will call the, uh, um, the the seer or the revealer, and that is the person who's going to remote view. And then the other party involved is the uh, the middleman. Okay, the middleman will have uh, a question. They'll have all this information. The middleman will know what the target is. The middleman will um, know what the question is, such as here's an example: Does uh, does Iran have nuclear weapons? That would be a question. Uh, another question would be. If Iran has these nuclear weapons, where are they? Um, now, the perceiver who is going to remote view goes into a meditation, goes into a trance. They will, if you want, they will open up their chakras. They will connect on an astral plane with their higher self, and but, but to a point where you can still physically talk to them. And then the middleman will come in and say a number. That number is associated with a question. This is how the military does it and why. Uh, they will they will come in and they'll say, uh, your target is five three four seven one or something like that. Okay, each number that they give is only assigned to a to a specific question. In other words, like say say if I say seven four B, seven four B would be connected to does Iran have nuclear weapons? Seven four C could be where are those weapons at? Um, so the remote viewer is only fixed on the numbers, and they don't know the question. They don't know what the question is. They don't know what the target is. In their meditation, they begin to slowly come down more what we call a grounded level or a physical level, and they will write down or they will be recorded saying what they feel, what they experience, and it will have everything to do with the answer to those questions. Um, The reason that you do not want a remote viewer to know the target is because their ego could come in and uh, their imagination, and there's a lot of different things that could come in and screw with them. Uh, They could play games. They could play tricks. Whereas if they don't know the question and they're allowing information to come and they just start spilling out this information, then uh, you have what you call a scientific experiment that is closed and that the informant or the person who's remote viewing can't possibly know the question. They just know numbers, and that's it. And that's how the remote viewing works. Now, it sounds complicated, but it's really not. Anybody can do it. As you train, you get better and better and better at it, and it's to the point where eventually um, you will know what the question is without even being told. And you get on borderline um, uh, uh, intuition. You get on borderline mind reading and so on. Uh, Now, I will say, though, that's the military. That's the way the military does it. That's the way SciTech does it. That is not how the secret societies do it. Um, they will know the target, and uh, I've seen it demonstrated, and it's jaw drop. It's, it's made my jaw drop. I've seen things, you know, that I cannot explain. I don't like talking about them publicly because I don't have evidence to show for it, other than my stories. And people, people tend to want to hear stories that they say, oh, that you know, that could be, or they want to hear things with evidence. And you know, and I don't also, I also do not want to piss off certain groups. You know, I don't want to tell. I don't want to tell how they do things, but I can definitely tell you, um, you know, and and a lot of people say that America 
is nothing but one big secret society. And, then, you know, that's kind of true. There's a lot of secret societies out there. Um, you know, some of them are bad. Uh, some of them, in my opinion, uh, are just out there to teach. Some of them may even have a goal or whatnot. I mean, you know, that that's up for the person who enters them to decide. Uh, I honestly have not seen very many that do brainwashing. Um, and by that, I mean um, members are, you know, Oh, I love this group, or you know, and they're yeah. <laughs> completely loyal to it. I mean, you know, some of that is myth. It's, it's funny. Uh, speaking of the secret societies and how America really is built on secret societies, are you familiar with the movie Ring of Power? And I've talked about this movie a bunch of times in the last couple of weeks. Uh, have, you ever, have you ever seen the documentary Ring of Power? No, I, I haven't seen the Ring yeah. of Power yet. I know a lot of people have talked about it. Yeah, it's, I, it's I apologize for that. I mean, the, huh? the connections that it makes between the secret societies of knights uh, of the Templar, Templar Knights, mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, the connections between the royal well, family, how the royal family really, in a sense, is, you know, what's controlling the world, in a sense, uh, just because they go all the way back even to Jesus and connected to Jesus yeah. and the New Roman Empire and how Jesus uh, really is what created the New Roman Empire, which is what we've had ever since. Well, I can tell you this for sh- I can tell you this. There are two different groups of the Templars, and yeah. people get very confused on them. The original Templars are not, and I repeat, not the same Templars that are dealt with the Masonic Lodges. The Masons have a Knights of Templar. They copy, uh, well, I don't really want to say copy, but they, um, they teach some of the same doctrines, some of the same things that the original Templars did. But there's also right. a ton of things that they do not do and do not teach. Um, now, I'm not bashing the Knights of Templar. I'm just telling you, I have sat down with Templars. Uh, I have went over information that they should have known, and they're like, huh? I don't know what that is. <laughs> but they're Knights Templar by certificate through the Masons. That That is not the same group that was the original Templars. Um, I can also tell you the original Templars are no longer called the Templars. Uh, this group has been around uh, probably since the beginning of time. And they have a rule where they change their name every 111 years. They will change oh, their wow. name. And and this is something that is not publicly discussed. But every time they change their name, and the reason they do 111 years has to do with some spiritual significance, which I'm not going to get into, but it also has to do with change. Uh, they, they are the serpent shedding their skin, if, if you will. Um, right. And it also uh, has to do with being legit. Uh, but when they do change their name, there are always copycat societies that are real secret societies copycatting what their last name change was. Um, and, and this is a very, very big thing that a lot of people need to understand. So the original Knights Templar um, are not the same that were in the Masons at all. Not, no, you can't even, you cannot even compare. Um, and I, I, I don't want to upset anybody because there probably are a lot of Templars listening to this um, because there's a lot of Templars and Masonic um, members who listen to Blog Talk Radio. I'm not trying yeah. to upset them, but they know. They know deep down they do not have the secrets. They know that they do not have the knowledge and the ability that the original Templars did have. Um, but uh, with secret societies, the reason that you can connect a lot of them is because of this 111-year change. Because when they change, say they're, you know, say they change their name to, I don't know, Starfish or something, you know, just throw something out there. <laughs> okay, if if the Templars go from Templars to Starfish, then the the legit group would be Starfish. But then 
uh, over the next few years, because the Templars have made a name for themselves, someone says, I want to create a secret society, and we're going to name it the Templars. Boom. Now they are publicly the legit Templars. But reality-wise, the real legit group was Starfish. Well, then Starfish later on, you know, they changed their name to Beach Ball. Okay? And I'm just throwing names out there. Yeah, Um, yeah, I got you. (laughs) So so Starfish now becomes Beach Ball. Well, guess what happens? Now we've got a group that forms secret society called Starfish. But the real legit group is Beach Ball. Um, And then here's the thing. Then someone who's an author or some conspiracy theorist gets in there and says, Oh my gosh, there's some, there's some serious symbology and some teachings that are the same in Starfish and in the Templars. So they must be connected. And that's not always the case. It really is. I hate to, I hate to say that. A lot of people think that um, all these organizations are connected. It's, a lot of them are not. Um, well, the original now, Templars are, are dead anyway, so I mean, whoever comes after them and picks up, picks up their work. Well, no, I, I would definitely... I would say no to that, but I'd also say anybody really? who ever, yeah, anybody who ever admits to being a Templar by that rule are are not a Templar. Um, oh, wow. I, I would definitely say that the Templars are very much alive, uh, the original Templars. But um, they'll be they, mighty old if they're still alive. Well, jo- joining <laughs> them would be like um, NASA coming to your front door and saying, "Hey, you know, we got to open open slot here on the space shuttle. You want to fly for free." I mean, that's <laughs> joining them. But now these other secret societies that were mimicking them, such as like where I get the starfish beach ball thing, the, the other secret societies that mimic them are not hard to get into. Uh, they really aren't. I've been in several. They're not hard to get into. They're always looking for young people uh, because they, they need new people. They, need, they, they have officer positions, and they need to change roles. And it's not good when the same 11 people – or uh, throughout a decade, the same 11 people are different officer positions constantly. They like to see different people in officer positions because they do have a democracy in all these secret societies. They do change them around. Um, and when you've got uh, a secret society and the same people being the same officer positions over and over and over, it gets old. And these secret societies are about change and adaptation. They're not about stagnation at right. all. So, I mean, but, but you know, and in saying that, a lot of people think, well, Divinity's just trying to get us to join secret societies, and I'm not. <laughs> what I'm saying what I'm saying is that no, you're breaking a lot it down of the, and really the way they are. Yeah, and a lot of the hype, a lot of the hype uh, is, is BS. I, I joined a lot of these societies because of the hype. I heard that the Masons were hiding this and hiding that. Well, yeah. I can tell you they're not. Um, and then I heard that the Golden Dawn were doing this and that. Uh, there are certain things they are. There are certain things that they're not. One famous case is uh, David Icke. David Icke likes to say that the Golden Dawn are one of the primary functions of the Illuminati and that the Golden Dawn worship reptilian aliens, uh, are in constant contact with them. Um, the Golden Dawn has members in the Masons and blah, 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 blah. Now, the Golden Dawn does really have a connection with the Masons, but it failed a long time ago. Um, so there's no real connection now, but David Icke likes to say these things, and he, you know, and so everybody's like, whoa, so the Golden Dawn and the Masons are dealing with reptilian aliens, well, I fed into that too, I went looking, I got very high up, um, and it's not true, however, I can definitely say I understand why David Icke says this, 
and why he believes it. But he's an outsider. He's not a member. Um, right. So, you know, the question then becomes, who is the real Illuminati group? Who is the group that is dealing with uh, extraterrestrials? And honestly, I haven't came up with that answer yet. I haven't. Um, if I do, uh, I probably wouldn't be public. <laughs> I pro- <laughs> probably would be. Um, because, well, I mean, I, I wouldn't be public for a lot of reasons. Um, I wouldn't be talking about it here. And, yeah. uh, well, you know, <laughs> well, well, not not because I'd be dead, but because with every secret society you have an oath, and you I don't want to, I don't want to bite the hand that feeds me. It, it, believe me, okay, Jack. If you could sit down with a real alien and ask it any question you wanted for an unlimited oh, amount of time, you yeah. know, but you had to be loyal to a group of men in a secret society. You know, what would you do? You know. Obviously, you keep your mouth shut. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not biting, you know. You know, well, unless you've seen something that pissed you off, okay? Unless you've seen something that you felt was immoral or whatever and you left. Um, I understand that. But out of sheer curiosity, you'd stay. Um, well, you know, just as, as a man, I, you know, if I'm if I'm at that point that, you know, that they told me this is a secret and this is the reason why this is a secret and I agree to it, I, you know, as a man, just keeping my word, I'll keep it a secret. But I'll tell you what, I'll do just about anything to be able to sit in a room with an alien and ask him a couple questions. I'm not one yeah. of these guys who are afraid to get abducted or anything. I'm like, dude, you don't need to, like, you know, hit me with a beam of light or anything, you know, to knock me out and drag me to your <laughs> ship. No, no, no. You can send me a rope ladder down from your spaceship. I'll climb up and go to you. I'm here for you. You know what I mean? I well, don't open yourself. <laughs> don't 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 open yourself to abduction because uh, I've dealt with abduction cases. That's what I'm. Oh no, for, uh, for me it won't be an abduction because I, for me it's going on a on a, on a ride on a well, yeah. Who the hell wouldn't want to go on an interstellar ship and just fly around the universe? You're crying about. Well, but, but here's the people. thing. <laughs> Yeah, you don't want to be kidnapped and, and, you know, hostile things happen to you. Right. You want to go there in a friendly way, you know. Exactly. You you want to have answers then. And I understand that. But, um, you know, I've, I've dealt with abduction cases, and uh, th- that's a whole other story, you know. And we've only got 13 minutes remaining here, man. Yeah, man, we've got to have you back on the show. You're, you're an awesome guest to have on. We only really scratched the surface. I mean, there's still a lot more that we could talk about. I know you've done a week's, uh, you know, amount of shows over on each, you know, station yeah. over there. but. I don't want to, you know, do the same thing with you and have you, you know, go crazy doing so many shows. Uh, but I do have, uh, you know, time in the future. If you ever want to come back on, I really would like to do another part. Well, I, and, and I, I will definitely. I will definitely. I'll have to get a hold of you an email. I don't want to set a time and date. We can discuss all kinds of things. But as you know, I'm definitely. already doing I'm doing a Monday show with, with uh, exactly. E on uh, Strange Visitors. But um, I, And I have my own show that I'm, I'm going to go ahead and do maybe another show on. But that deals with spirituality and the cabal all in itself, not really a – you know, these topics, but um, I noticed in the chat room real quick, I want, I want to say something. Uh, sure. I noticed, let me find that. I'm, I'm scrolling up. Somebody said something yeah, about we, theology. Um, where is it? Uh, anyway, someone said something. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, before you do leave, I have the Jackal's final five questions, right, which I have all my, all my guests, uh, which I want to ask you also. It's five quick questions. You have 30 seconds to answer them, but... Yeah, let's get in that in a minute. But um, Archaeologic in the chat room said, let me read it word for word, says the Golden Dawn is rooted in the lie of theosophy. Uh, now, he spells that wrong, but I'll explain why it's spelled wrong, what the real spelling is. But uh, I understand what he's saying. Uh, and Helena, um, and, and then he says that this Helena uh, admitted that she felt like Lucifer was a god. That, uh, you know, and, and I know what he's talking about. Uh, theology. Um, that is how it's pronounced. You, there's a lot of authors that are misspelling it. I don't know why, um, but Theo, T-H-E-O, is Greek for God or divine connected. 
theology. And then there's thurgy, um, or thurology. Uh, now, these are big names and big words used in secret societies, uh, especially dealing with mysticism or dealing with Kabbalah. Uh, thurgy is spelled T-H, I think it's a E-U-R, and thorough means of thyself um, in right. Greek. Thurgy, with a U spelling, has to do with me manifesting or using any psychic abilities or any magical, mystical abilities, anything, from energy of myself or the environment around me through the earth. Okay, a lot of people could say Wicca uh, would be that. Um, right. Now, and a lot of Wiccas go, no, because we're pulling down the goddess and da-da-da, but there are rituals where they don't. Um, right. Theo, uh, uh, which means of God and divine, Theo uh, urgy means that you are connecting to a higher source and you are the flashlight but the divine or the light that you're calling in and invoking is the battery so you're like you know you're turned on there's a difference between theurgy and uh, thurgy and he, he was discussing that and a lot of secret societies are not clear on what they do the golden dawn is definitely theurgy they deal with connecting to the divine they deal with how to do anything However, you're connecting to angels and you're connecting to the divine. You're not connecting to a, uh, a source of the environment or of yourself, um, although you can. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I got, but anyway, no, so I wanted to express that. And, and that's a big word tossed around because yeah. people are like, well, I don't know what that means. But that's, it's a scientific name for where you're getting your energy from. Um, and a lot of people think that when you get into these mystical secret societies, it's mumbo-jumbo and it's not. There are a lot of science-type words that are passed around. There are even scientific ways they explain paranormal events and mystical things. And that's one thing that shocked me. I thought it was going to you know, be, well, this is happening because you know, your chakra is not aligned with this and that, blah, blah, blah. And it's not. It's not like that. They explain things in a very uh, mundane, scientific way that you can understand. Um, so I, I wanted to point that out, but the Golden Dawn definitely is not... In other words, um, you're not dealing with how do you do you know secret stuff and paranormal stuff through your energy. You're right, right. you are dealing with connecting to the divine, and you know you go on from there and there and there. Uh, connecting to any demon or Lucifer would be thurgy, because you are still connecting to a thing that is not uh, the light source. Um, right. Anything. So, uh, more or less, we are the flashlight, and we've got to get the battery. Uh, yeah, we got a battery in ourselves, but, uh, you know, it just comes down to that moral decision of where do you want to get your power from, where do you want to get your battery from. Uh, or, and I, or I wanted to throw that up because it's, it sounds like he knows what he's talking about in the chat room. Yeah, or that kind of actually uh, reminds me of the Matrix. We are the battery, and God could be the light. Yeah. Yep, and, oh, and there you go. <laughs> do, you want to, do you want to be out of the Matrix? And be the battery, you know, or do you want to be plugged into the system and the system is your battery, you know? Yeah. I mean, if you want to look it in a darker way. Yeah, it's a topic. Yeah, we've got a few minutes here. Go ahead and throw them a question. Let's get to the final five here. Uh, This is the final five questions I'm going to ask you for the night, then I'm going to let you uh, plug whatever you want to plug, your website, uh, future shows you're going to do on here on Block Talk Radio or wherever else you're going to do them. Uh, So here, let's go to number five. Uh, In 2012, if nothing happens, what will be the next big big doomsday date, you know, like Y2K or whatever, uh, if nothing happens on 2012? What do you think will be the, what's left after 2012? Well, I, I personally think that 2012 is another Y2K. Um, the, if you study that, the archives would say uh, December 
2012 is when the actual event's going to happen, which is funny because I think that everybody's going to anticipate something at the beginning of the year, and when they all say, oh, no, you know, nothing's happened, boom, it happens in December, uh, which catches us off guard. Um, so, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't go into all the hype of the destruction with 2012. But um, after that, if nothing happens, what do you think will be the next one everybody will be hyping up? Um, well, I mean, that's kind of... I I could I couldn't even I I can't even come up with a date because um you know a lot of this a lot of these uh things are set and planned by different groups um and uh you know so so they do back out of things. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> well, yeah. It's true. <laughs> no, and with white decay, it's funny a lot of people made a big deal about white decay and that was a big deal about nothing. Uh nothing ended up happening whatsoever. So we'll throw that one out the window, forget that question. Uh number four then. Alien Alien anal probes. Good to tell you, doctor, when you're getting your rectal or prostate exam or not. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, uh, that's a good question because uh, a lot of psycho a lot of psychiatrists who are dealing with uh, stress and uh, those ca- and night terrors and sleeplessness in their cases, and then they find out their clients are abducted, are actually really open to it. However, uh, your proctologist probably isn't going to be. Your proctologist <laughs> is probably going to think you're nuts. Um, whereas a psychiatrist, they are looking for an answer behind why you, you're having problems. And whatever answer you give them, by, the, by their training, they're going to listen to. They're going to analyze. Um, and they're going to do it in more of an open way. Whereas a doctor, you know, he's looking for more evidence rather than how the mind works. Whereas a psychiatrist could say, this is ego-related, this is made up, uh, but that person believes it and we're going to deal with it. So you're yeah, I would serious. I would say don't tell your doctor. <laughs> <laughs> you're a lot more serious than I was about that question. That was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> number number three, yeah. Now this is uh, something that I kind of uh, I've been uh, wondering to ask somebody like yourself. So it's, it's good you're on the show. Number three, since NASA recently found a planet that orbits a brown dwarf, just like Krypton, uh, did in the story of Superman, as a lot of people know that they've watched Superman. What are the chances that Jesus was from Krypton? And was Superman, and what we have now is the modern-day comics are nothing but storytelling of Jesus himself, and maybe he really was the son of last son of Krypton. I don't know if you heard about uh, that. Actually, I understand what you're time. saying. There's a, lot, there's a lot of authors that say that Jesus was an alien or, or superhuman. Um, I right. will say that you're asking me the chances of it, and based on my opinion and experiences, I'd say zero. Um, I oh, really okay. do believe uh, I do believe that he was a divine manifestation. He, he was a sacrificial lamb. They even found, I think, down here in, uh, in I don't exactly remember the exact area, but they found caves that have crystal, uh, the crystal caves, kind of like Superman's uh, Fortress of Solitude, and it's pretty funny. Oh, yeah. well, you can store information in crystals, you <laughs> yeah. know, and, and you know, and I'm sure Jesus exactly. knew a lot of things he wasn't telling the people. <laughs> exactly. But you know, I, I'm just, you know, based off my opinion, I don't believe he was alien. Well, uh, in that aspect. At, le- at least we know one thing. He, I mean, he definitely did something special because he's been around for two thousand years in everybody's mind. So. Whatever he was, you know, he was a special person if he did, if he did walk the earth. Now, number two here, name your top five uh, favorite sci-fi movies of all time. Oh, Lord. Um, definitely the Star Wars comes up. Um, ah, Star Wars and, and, and Star Trek. And the reason why is not for the reason everybody thinks it is. The reason why is because uh, imaginatively it comes up with new technology, and the, the facts are that when we get close to that technology, in real life we name it that stuff. If we create, uh, if we were to create like the Death Star, what do you think we're going to name it? We're going to name it the Death Star. <laughs> yeah. you know? And that's awesome. 
Or, um, you know, if we create a teleportation, you know, they're going to say beam me up because they've got to have they got to have something saying that you're ready, you're acknowledging, like uh, yep. 10-4. They're going to, you know, and, and, you know, going on creative things like that, definitely. Star Wars um, comes to mind. Uh, Star Trek comes to mind. Give me five quick ones. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, give me five quick ones. You, five quick ones. Okay, well, I like the Hellboy series, too, and the Men in Black. Uh, I like what they black play around Wars. with. Yes, uh, definitely. Uh, and the Matrix, definitely. The, Ma- the Matrix was just mind-boggling. Um, I like the Aliens series, even the Aliens vs. Predator. Uh, I like that. All right, cool. Um, Number one now, did you have a good time on the show here tonight with him? Oh, yeah, loved it, man. Loved it. Loved to come back. Perfect. Yeah, you're definitely somebody I definitely want to have back. you got two minutes. The floor is yours. Plug anything you want to plug, your website. What else you're doing? Go ahead. The floor is yours. Hey, well, um, yeah, I have a show, but I'm gonna go ahead and plug it. Although it deals with more spiritual topics, uh, it does deal with some paranormal stuff, and that is spiritual development. Um, two words. You can find it on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, it's just www.blogtalk.com forward slash spiritual, and then there's an under underlined uh, slash thingy, and then development. Uh, if you want, just look up spiritual development. You'll find it. I'm dealing with religious, spiritual topics, the Kabbalah, um, all kinds of things. But a lot of people found it really fascinating. Um, and also, I've got a www.notsrumkabbalah.com. That's N-O-T-Z-R-I-M, and then Kabbalah is spelled K-A-B-B-A-L-A-H.com. Notsrum in Hebrew means Christian or follower of Christ, but it also means keeper of secrets. Kabbalah means to receive or uh, receiving hidden information or sacred information. Uh, so notfromkabbalah.com is another one. And, and, and I'm going to start plugging up some more paranormal files on the notfromkabbalah.com. I don't have it. It's not all the way constructed. been working on it for some time. But uh, those will be the two things I plug right now. Awesome. I, I put uh, the links on the chat room so if you guys uh, see yeah, them. Yeah, I'll go ahead and type that out, too. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll put it on there for you. Okay, awesome, awesome. And um, yeah, I guess we're... Thank you so much for coming out, man. I really do appreciate it. We've got a minute left. Anything else you want to add before we, uh, we take off? Let's just close yours, bro, whatever you want to talk about. Well, I mean, you know, this last minute, most people, you know, are really fascinated with listening to me. I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but the problem <laughs> is I've got a lot to talk about, you know, and hosts always have questions for me. So, Jackal, is there any other questions you want to... You want My question is, I'm going to save them for the next time we do a show because I definitely want oh, to have awesome. you back on the show. Uh, you're awesome, definitely awesome. A very, You're one of the favorite guests I've had, and I've been doing this for two years now, believe it or not. Uh, you're, you're one of the best guests I've, ha- I've had, period. So I definitely want to have you back on the show. In the near future, when I have an open time slot, I'm going to you know, email you about it. We're going to stay in touch. Uh, cause yeah, and do I have permission to plug your sh- Do I have permission to plug your show? Well, you have permission to do whatever you want with my show, my okay, website. Okay, great, great, you want to do. great. You have perfect permission. If you need any help on your website, let me know. I, I'm a website developer also, so whatever you need. Oh, uh, well, no, I appreciate that, man. I've, I've got a lot of help already. It's just there's certain things. I want to watch how I say things so that uh, um, so that somebody coming on my website can understand it. Because sometimes right. I have a hard time relating information to people because I talk over their head. And I, you know, i gotta, I got to lay low on that. i got to talk more mundane and, and more... Uh, Layman's terms, but uh, yeah, I appreciate that with the with the offer of help. Not a problem. But whenever you need anything, just uh, let me know. All right, man. Well, I'll go ahead and hang up here, and uh, you know, yeah, again, thanks show, for having me on the show. The, show, the show's over. It's already done streaming, so we're good to go. But uh, yeah, but I do definitely appreciate it. Now we'll be in touch, brother. All right, man. Appreciate it. Take care.